Would you please join me in prayer? Father, teach us today. Speak to us from your holy word. May your word be spirit and be life. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that faith will rise in hearts and that, Lord, their faith will rise to a level they've not had before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It is one of the wonders of Scripture and heaven that I continually marvel at. That Almighty God would choose ordinary human beings to do his kingdom work. He could could easily have sent angels or created a special being to be the steward of everything he created. And indeed, he did. When Almighty God created heaven and earth, at the same time, on the sixth day, after he had made all of his creation, the solar systems, the the universes, Milky Way, all of the universes of universes, created this globe and put life on it, on the sixth day, God created a species of being that had never existed. And he made that being in his own image. And he made them male and female so they could cro- uh, so that, that, that they could procreate. He made them male and female so that they could establish the most fundamental basic unit of society and culture, the family. He created them with a body, with the five senses of sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing, so they could live in relationship with everything that God had created, so they could stare at the wonders of the Milky Way, so that they could look at the solar system, so they could smell a rose, so they could enjoy the beautiful mountains, and they could enjoy the seasons, so they could enjoy the food stuffs that God put on planet earth and enjoy their taste. They, God created them with the five senses so they could live in relationship with his creation. But then he also created them with a soul, a mind, will, and emotion so they could have personality and so they could live in relationship with other human beings. Wouldn't life be really boring if God had not created mankind with a soul. The mind, the will, and the emotions. So that we have this variety of amazement that we see when we go to Walmart. And you stand there and wonder, 
What did they see this morning when they looked in the mirror? (laughs) They didn't see what I saw. (laughs) Or if they did, they think about it differently than I think. (laughs) The wonder of raising a strong-willed child. Isn't it amazing that you don't have to teach them? At two years old, they just say, but I want, but I want, but I want, but I want. Is that just two? And you look at that little two-year-old and you have to say, I'm bigger, you will mind. And then they get to be 16. And they stand over you and say, I'm 16. I will do it my way. And that's when you've been smart enough that you look at them and you say, you may be six foot two, but I'm dead and I will take you down. And you continue this, you will wake up in last week. Come on, amen. God gave us a mind, will, and emotions, a soul that gives us personality. And that's why you have to train your daughters to fall in love with a man who has character, not one who is a character. (laughs) Don't hang out with dangerous men. They are what I call a biblical creep. God gives to us a mind, a will, and emotions. And then he gave us a spirit. A spirit that has a conscience. The spirit that has the God awareness in it. The spirit that has the same five sensories as the body But they are sensories that help us live in relationship with the spirit world. Either with the demonic spirit world or with the heavenly spirit world. Have you ever stepped into a room and hair stood up on your back of your neck and you went, man, something's not right here. Yeah. Yeah. See, your spirit sensories were working. Have you ever, have you ever picked up a book and you looked at that and you went, I've never read this book because something is not right in there. Come on. So that's your spiritual sensories. See, God created mankind to discern evil, not learn evil. That's why he put the tree in the midst of the garden. I know people say it was apple. We're not told what kind of fruit it was. Other than, listen, other than it was the fruit that would make you know good and evil and see almighty God never wanted the human race to know good and evil he gave to us a trinity of being like he is a trinity he gave to us a trinity of being so that we would be the stewards of all of his creation but that through our spirit man we would discern evil and not learn evil. 
Why? Because when you learn evil, it creates a curiosity that will draw you to it. Listen to this saying, this ancient, I don't know who first wrote it. Sin is a monster of such hideous mean that to be hated is but to be seen. But seeing too oft, familiar with face, listen, we first endure and then embrace. Hebrews chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews said that strong spiritual meat belongs to those who by reason of use, listen, have exercised their senses to the discerning of both good and evil. Don't learn evil. Don't attend a sex education class because it will create a curiosity that will not stop until you have violated yourself. Don't take a drug course. It will create a curiosity that will not stop until it's destroyed your soul and body. Don't just try a little bit of alcohol. That's why scripture says it is a serpent and it will poison you with its, with its poison. Almighty God wants us to discern evil, not learn evil. And he gives to you that capacity in your spirit. And when you are born again, the Holy Spirit takes up residence within you. And he will animate those five senses so that you can not only live in relationship with Almighty God in a healthy way, but you can discern evil and avoid it and walk in his light. Because if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. I know this is not a really, really popular sermon right this moment, but if you will listen to it and if you will do it, it will deliver you from many evil things. What do you do when you're, when you're out? I'm going to speak to the young people just a little bit. How do you do when you're out with young people and someone starts passing around the flask you look them in the eye and you say I have given my life to Jesus Christ I can't do that I will not do that I will not destroy my body with that poison I will not destroy my body with that poison listen closely please I will not destroy my body with that poison they're passing around the roach. Well, it's legal. It's okay to smoke pot now. I want to tell you, the law may say it's legal, but I'm telling you, Almighty God says it will destroy your mind and destroy your body. I don't care what they say, folks. Every, every scientific research, every scientific research has proven time and again it's a gateway drug. The latest research that came out in 2006 proved again that marijuana, while it may help with the pain, pretty soon it starts destroying the brain cells and pretty soon it starts destroying the nervous system. Don't believe the lies. 
You see, they did the same thing with marijuana that they did with abortion. Years later, decades later, after Roe v. Wade, doctor that made testimony to the Supreme Court that convinced the Supreme Court to legalize abortion admitted they had distorted the scientific evidence and they had lied to the Supreme Court. He wasn't a Christian. He just felt like it was time to stop murdering babies. He, he wanted to get the truth out about abortion. And he admitted they had lied. And dear ones, they have distorted the scientific evidence to get it legalized because they don't care if they destroy your life. They just, they just want to have their pleasure. I'm telling you, young people, please listen to your pastor. I know I'm an old codger, but listen, I know truth. And I know truth will make you free. And I'm asking you now, develop your spiritual sensories to the point that they will quickly discern evil and you will turn from it. Mom and dad, if you have not been developing your spiritual sensories, develop your spiritual sensories so that you can rapidly discern evil and and keep it out of your home. Keep it out of your home so that your home is a place of peace. Your home is truly a refuge. Almighty God wants that for you. He wants that for your family. Grandma and grandpa, develop those and then train your grandchildren. Listen, so that when the grandchildren come to your home, they are coming to a refuge and they will know. You know, there's something about grandma and grandpa's home that I don't see anywhere else, but I see it in grandma and grandpa's home and I want to be there. I want to go there because there's, a, there's, a, there's an atmosphere, there's a spirit in that home. Amen? Amen. I, I don't know why Father had me go this direction with this introduction this morning other than I felt very impressed by the Holy Spirit to share this with you about how God created you. This is how God created you. But look at what God did. When he created mankind with this amazing, a whole new species of being. A species of being that was higher than the angels. Scripture tells us there's a day we're going to judge angels. You see, it's not almighty God and then archangels and then cherubim and seraphim and human race. That's not how it is. It's almighty God, human race, archangels, cherubim, seraphim. We are above the angels. We judge angels. Angels, the scripture said, are ministering spirits for those who are heirs of salvation. Who are the heirs of salvation? You and me. And when God created mankind, that new species of being, the human race, then he said this, be fruitful, multiply, Replenish the earth. Listen, subdue it. Take dominion. 
You see, we were created to be stewards over everything God created. Are you still at Psalm 8? I know it's been a while, but now we're there. Psalm 8, okay? This, is, this scripture just constantly fills my heart with wonder and amazement. I'm trying to get there with you. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm battling with my, with my little deal here. There we go, got it. Beginning at verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. Stop. Because that scripture is translated angels and it's not necessarily incorrect. But the Hebrew there is Elohim. Let me tell you another place that that is used. In the beginning, Elohim. Literally, you have made him a little lower than God. You have crowned him with glory and honor. Does your scripture say you have put all things under his feet? Does your scripture say that? Does your scripture say that? Amen. He has put all things under his feet. Look at what he's saying. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Isn't it amazing? When almighty God made you and me. When we were being formed in our mother's womb. We were wonderfully and fearfully made. We were made in amazement and honor. We were made with value, with worth. God made us. And he stood back and he said, I just am marvel at what I've made. We were created with that kind of honor and value and worth by Almighty God in our mother's womb. How come? Because God created us to rule and to reign with him. We were created to be stewards over everything God made. Now I know sin damaged that. But the Lord Jesus Christ has reversed everything that sin did. And when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 6. He has raised us up and made us sit together with Christ in heavenly places. You, you, may be, you maybe aren't aware of that. You maybe don't even recognize it. But I want you to understand. Because you are born again. You are seated with Jesus Christ. You are in a position of authority and power. And the reason that God did that. Is because he wants you to rule and reign with him. You are supposed to be stewards. Now stop. What that means is, 
The enemy should not be beating up your home. What that means is you don't have to live in constant feelings of inferiority, insecurity, jealousy, worry, fear, anxiety. You don't have to live with that stuff, folks. I know the world puts that on you, but listen. Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And because Jesus Christ has overcome the world, and because you're seated with him, you have overcome the world. That's pretty good, isn't it? Go to the next slide for me, will you please? We are to be God's army. You may not feel like a warrior. In fact, I may be in a room of people who feel like Gideon. The angel shows up one day. Gideon is hiding and he is is threshing the family wheat. And the reason he is hiding is because the Midianites... Who are the Midianites? Jordan. Modern day Jordan. We haven't come very far in a couple of three millennia, have we? The Midianites are constantly plundering, stealing what they have, ransacking their homes, ransacking their barns and their, and their silos. And so Gideon is hiding. And here comes this angel. I greet you, mighty warrior. And Gideon goes, you talking to me? He was. And I'm telling you, Almighty God is talking to you today. You are his mighty warrior. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 18. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I give to you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Do you understand right now, right this moment, you are a mighty warrior. And God has given to you the power and the authority that you can crush the gates of hell. You do not have to stand and let the enemy beat up on you one more day. Stop it. Cast him out. You are a warrior for almighty God. This scripture is an amazing scripture in Matthew. Luke or Jesus Christ is speaking again, and this is what he says. He says, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence until now, and the violent take it by force. 
In other words, there are enemy forces that are constantly trying to destroy the kingdom of Almighty God. But I have my warriors, and they will stand, and they will resist, and they will establish the kingdom of God by force. It is time the church of the living God in West Umatilla County and North Mile County says enough is enough. No more drug violence in our county. No more are we allowing domestic violence and sexual abuse and molestation. Not on my watch. Not one more day. The problem has become the church no longer believes they really have that kind of authority. I really mean this. Wanda and I, 30 years ago, said not on our watch. And when we see a drug house starting up in our neighborhoods, we have stopped it. Well, how did you do that? We began prayer walking around that house. We would stand in front of it and we would command the powers of darkness, not here. You will not do this here. And I am telling you, every single time, it's left. Not on our watch. Not in my neighborhood. Folks, listen. I'm I'm serious. Almighty God has made us to be warriors. But not the kind of warriors that we often think of. In a second. The kingdom of God is preached and they are pressing into it. That's the Lord Jesus Christ speaking again. And what he's talking about is you are warriors. And you have to press the kingdom. You have to press the kingdom because the enemy is constantly trying to weasel his way in. He's constantly trying to find a crack that he can come in through and begin working in your life. He is looking for a gateway. Do you give him gateways in your life? Stop it. Close those gateways. The kingdom of darkness has only the amount of authority in your life as you allow darkness to dwell there. You got little pet sins, you got little secret things that you allow, little, little things of darkness that you still enjoy and you don't want to quit it yet. Enemy loves it because he just builds strongholds through it. It's time you closed those gateways and got that stuff washed out. Because the more you walk in the light, the greater authority you have over the powers of darkness. Go to the next slide for me, would you please? Look at this. But we got to understand our weapons are not carnal. So when I'm talking about being a warrior, I'm not talking about going out and beating somebody up. I'm not talking about going out and standing in front of an abortion clinic and protesting. I'm not talking about 
holding up signs against homosexuals and lesbians. That's not the stuff I'm talking about, folks. That doesn't bring anybody into the kingdom. But I'll tell you what it does. It sure makes the powers of darkness hate the church. And it makes people who maybe would be interested hate the church. We fight spiritually. We fight on our knees. And so I do everything I can to build relationships with the city council with the mayor, with the department heads. I do everything I can to build relationship with our law enforcement and with our firefighters. I build relationships with our county commissioners, with our sheriff, with our sheriff's deputies. And the reason is because I believe the church has a God-given responsibility to pray for every one of those and to honor them. And then in warfare, in prayer, you come against the forces of darkness and you command them to go. You fight that way. It's a spiritual fight, not a natural fight. I love homosexuals and lesbians and I pray for them. But I want to tell you, when I get to know one, I pray and I bind the spirit of deception that's holding them because I want to see them get loosed from that power of darkness to come into the fullness of who they are that God created them to be. Because when they know who God created them to be, they will truly be free. So you love them. But you do spiritual warfare on their behalf. Mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. Maybe you've got a a child, a daughter, a son, or a grandson, or a grandchild. And they are pursuing alcohol. They're pursuing drugs. They're pursuing an immoral life. Maybe they have gone in to a same-sex lifestyle. And and you're going, what do I do? And you keep telling them, that's what the devil, you just got to shut your mouth. Love them. Cover them with love. And then on your face in the dark, in your closet, you cry out and you warfare. And Jesus promised what you pray for in your closet, you will have revealed openly. You will see that son or daughter turn. You will see them turn. To their face. You love them. You hug them. You do good to them. You bless them. And in your closet, you warfare against the power of darkness. Our weapons are not carnal. This is why Paul wrote in in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5. He said, though we live in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we love them. And then we fight. We fight. Sir, it is time you rose up like a man. And you stop letting your family get beat up. You stop being passive spiritually. Satan is destroying your family because you're passive. Get up out of that chair. Shut off the television. 
Get on your face, sir. Get on your knees and warfare for your family. Get up an hour earlier and warfare for your family. Well, I get up now at 5 o'clock. Maybe you need to be up at 4. Well, how can I do that? Go to bed earlier. Do you, do you, think, do you think I'm just talking because I'm the preacher? How do you think I have three kids and all of our grandkids walking with God? It doesn't come easy. And I want to tell you there are times I've had no sleep. I've warfared all night long. Because I knew I was fighting against the powers of darkness. They were trying to steal my child. They were trying to steal my grandchild. Oh yeah, every one of them I've warfared for. Them. Every single one of them I've warfared for them. There was a time when one of our, one of our kids, I knew they weren't walking where they're supposed to be. Oh, they weren't in open sin. They weren't smoking and drinking and, and that. But I knew they were being drawn. They were being lured. I could see it in their eyes. I could see it in their face. They were no longer worshiping like, like they had been worshiping. They were no, I knew it. I knew, I knew it. One night in my night of prayer, the enemy came to me and he said, I've got them. They're mine. That was the wrong thing to say. Because I said, no, they're not. From the time that child was in the womb, I laid hands and I prayed. And I have prayed for them. I have prayed for their mate. I started praying for all of my kids' mates while they were still in the womb. Because I wanted God to prepare a mate of righteousness for that child. I had no idea he was going to go to Bulgaria and Croatia to get him. <laughs> and I warfared all night long for that child. Sure, I'm telling you, I still had to go to work. Still had to shave, go to work. Warfared all night long for that child. Kept warfaring about a month later on a Sunday night. Here they were in the altar. Praying through. And they've never looked back from that moment. Guys, listen, this stuff is true. It's real. God has given to us mighty weapons. Just pop over to the next slide for me, will you? These are the seven mighty weapons God has given to us. And we're going to look at each one of these one by one. I thought we were going to look at this this morning, but God's done something different. Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus, the mighty blood of Jesus, and the word of our testimony. Tithe and offering. Most people don't recognize that that's a mighty weapon. We're going to see how. The armor of God. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, and a mouth filled with praise and prayer and intercession, mighty armor of God, holiness, worship, and then a surprising weapon that I purposely am keeping a secret until that day. And the reason I'm doing that is because 
I'm wanting you to anticipate what is that in Scripture? Because most people don't recognize the mighty power of that weapon. Oh man, God's gonna God's gonna help us. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.